I actually had the same experience. I had, uh, the realtor tell me at one point, well, you know, you haven't locked in your, your interest rate. And I'm like, well, no one told me I needed to lock in my interest <laughs> yeah, rate. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty um, fundamental. That would definitely be one of the first questions that you should ask your loan officer after, you, of course, you have submitted an initial application. My name is Erica Hinkle. And my name is Joshua Griffin. Thank you for listening to Behind the Scenes, where we go behind the scenes with our Tidewater area businesses, philanthropy, and community involvement. I'm owner of Erica Hinkle Events, LLC, a full-service wedding and event company specializing in floral design and decor. And I own Griffin Air, serving the Middle Peninsula and Northern Neck for all your heating, cooling, and plumbing needs. Let's go behind the scenes right now. Welcome to Behind the Scenes in Tidewater, where we go behind the scenes with our local businesses, philanthropy, and community involvement. And Erica, this should be fun. You know today's guest, right? Yes, I'm so excited about today's guest. To be honest, I'm a little bit of a fangirl crush on her. <laughs> she doesn't know. Uh, she doesn't know that. But yeah, no, I uh, I met Alexa like. Well, Josh, you're a new dad, so maybe you know about this, but there's such a thing as mom groups and dad groups on Facebook. Ah, okay. <laughs> and so I met Alexa about five years ago on a mom group. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun, and I've been watching her journey since then. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, well, this should be fun since you guys know each other and all that. Uh, let me first introduce our guest to the folks. Uh, her name is Alexa Ray. She's a licensed mortgage loan officer with CMS Mortgage Solutions. And Alexa, if you would, let's just start out. If you would just share a little bit about you and a little bit about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, I always love opportunities to share a little bit about what I do, especially when it's with the local community, which is really kind of the, the heartbeat of my business. So a little bit about me. I am, as Josh said, I'm a mortgage loan officer. More specifically, I am a mortgage broker. So I got into the mortgage and real estate space a little over five years ago. Um, I ultimately ended up joining that space because I went through the home purchase process myself, uh, of course, in my early 20s and discovered that it was a little more complex and complicated of a process than I was expecting. And um, you're sugarcoating it. It's a horrible <laughs> process. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's, it can be. It certainly can be. And so I, I really was like, I don't I'm not sure if this has to be quite as hard as it is. And that's really that was my initial motivation to get into the industry was just to um, kind of attack it from a place of education and helping homebuyers walk through it instead of them stumbling through it themselves. So. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing for the last five years. And my bread and butter is is mortgages. That is awesome. I can't wait to dive into this because um Alex actually wrote a book. And so I want to I want to talk to her about that, too. But before we go much further, let um, our listeners know how can they get in contact with you? What are your social media handles, all that stuff? Absolutely. So on Facebook, um, if you just search Alexa Ray, my personal page and business page will will come up. I'll be totally honest. Feel free to shoot me a friend request on my personal page, because a lot of times I post a lot of a lot more of my content to my personal page than I do my business 
business page, but of course, go ahead and, and follow my business page as well. You'll see Alexa Ray NMLS ID 1465347. Not that you need to know that number. It'll, it'll pop up as one of the first results. Um, I also have a website. If you go to Alexa, get me a mortgage.com. Um, you should see my website pop up and that just gives you a little bit about me. You can apply for a mortgage or a refinance um, right from my website. Uh, you can learn a little bit more about the book that I just wrote. That's just kind of a central location. And then on Instagram, I'm also on Instagram as Alexa, get me a mortgage. That is awesome. And can, side note, that is such a great handle <laughs> name. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, you know, after so many years of receiving so many Alexa jokes, Alexa, do this, Alexa, do that. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to lean into this thing full force and, and write a book and title it Alexa, get me a mortgage. That's yeah, pretty clever. It, it was genius. It seriously is genius. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, I don't even know. I don't know how personal um, Alexa wants to go, but I, I do want to mention that when she was kind of going through this whole, you know, getting into the mortgage and the real estate, she also was a single mom, like suddenly, mm -hmm. you know, so she had to deal with that too. So I kind of want to ask you, because a lot of our listeners are, um, you know, entrepreneur uh, mothers, how did you kind of finagle that? Like making sure that, you know, you were getting your son taken care of and, and making sure you're starting your business and everything. Uh, kind of tell us a little bit about that journey. So that was probably one of the most, if not the most difficult points of my life. Um, nobody really ever gets married and expects to go through a divorce or expects to go through a separation. So that was something that at that time in my life was very unexpected, the way in which everything happened. And right. I, of course, you know, a couple months preceding that time in my life of becoming a single mom um, pretty quickly and unexpectedly, I had joined this brand new industry, right? This, this brand new career that I really did not know much about. I was still very much in learning mode. And it happens to be a career that is sales-based. And typically when people are going through a separation and divorce and trying to raise a baby, they're not like, you know what, I'm going to quit my salary job and just go straight into sales. This, that sounds uh -huh. like a super right. safe choice. Um, but yeah. at the same time and in the same, you know, same sense, it was also a sink or swim moment for me. And I discovered that I kind of do well in those situations. It was, again, it was very difficult and I did have to burn the candle at both ends, um, to put food on the table and to provide and to be what I needed to be for my son. Um, but I also just had this deep underlying desire to, thrive in this new career. I, I felt very deeply that this is what I was supposed to be doing and that I had the, at least the potential at that point to make a difference. So that's, that's really what kept me going was just, I, I need to make this happen for my son. And I think I can really make a positive impact. And it did, I, you know, things eventually did get easier, but that was um, a very important time in my life for me to prove to myself really that I could do it. As, and you did. As a new she parent, <laughs> I, uh, I I have so much respect for you right now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's definitely, um, I also was a single mom for a, a portion of time. And it's it's tough because it's like, there's you don't have a choice. Like, it is sink or swim, but it's like, you got to swim. Right. There's no sinking when you, <laughs> when, you have a, when you have a kid involved. Okay. So I definitely have mad uh, respect for you, you for that um, as well. 
So one of the things, because I, uh, like I said before, I have kind of been watching you along this process. One of the things that I really um, appreciate about your business, and I've never used you before, um, is you're so good at explaining all of these logistic things that go on with mortgages and like rates and stuff. It's for someone like me, it becomes very overwhelming. And I'm like, uh, I have no idea. But you're so good at, um, at explaining things. Was that something that you had to practice? Or is that just come naturally for you? Like you just understand all of the ins and outs and are able to explain them so well. Uh, so that's funny that you ask that question because it was the opposite for me. Like that, and that was actually one of the reasons that I wanted to get into the space because I would have questions during the process and the, the way in which my questions are being answered or like I'm a self-investigator, right? So I would like Google search these questions about like, what is, what does my credit score have to do with the rate that I'm getting and what's the difference between these loan programs? And it was like, it, it was, there was no super clear answers. And even the answers that I was receiving were honestly kind of high level answers. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not really understanding this. So I just, I really set out on a personal mission when I got into this space to learn as much as I could. Yes. But then to translate that into terms that the average person can understand um, and really like actually be good with. Cause it's one thing to have a, a loan officer explain your mortgage terms. And it's another thing entirely to like feel good about the program that you're with and to feel good about all of the terms and to actually understand them. So that, yeah, yeah. I guess that for a, a short answer, it was not easy at first. That was not something that came naturally to me, but the more I um, educated myself and the more that I read and the more I kind of digested things, the more it became, it became a lot easier over time to just explain those things to the average con consumer in a way that they could actually comprehend it. Yeah. You know, you do it very well. So I'm surprised that it, it wasn't something that came naturally because it seems very natural. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I just like to talk. So I think when I get to talk, yeah. even if it's about something in my space, um, that, that part does come pretty naturally for me. I feel like you're in one of those, um, you know, not to share too much of my personal experiences because I'm going to probably air some uh, dirty news out. But uh, I have personally bought two houses in my my lifetime. And the first time it was a horrible, horrible experience. And it was mostly because of the person that we got the loan through. And then, you know, and then the second go around was much better. And, you know, I, I, I feel like it really makes a difference on who you get your loan with. I've noticed because you guys have, you have the ability to relieve the stress. 100%, uh, 100%. And that, that's a part of my duty. That's a part of my role as a loan officer is to make sure that you're not getting to the closing table, wanting to completely pull your hair out. Like, <clears throat> yes, of course, my goal is always first and foremost to, to get your loan closed, whether that's a refinance or a purchase, but, and to get it closed by your closing date within, you know, that, that timeline of, of expectation, but that is really just one piece of the puzzle. It, it, who you work with can make or break your experience. And I cannot tell you how many times I've had people come to me and say, hey, we're actually in process with somebody else and we're closing in a week. But I have a thousand questions. I've not been able to get a hold of my loan officer. And I'm, I'm honestly mm -hmm. very used to serving in that capacity as well. Like literally just being available as a resource to actually answer people's questions, but it has caused me to, to also explain to them, like, this is, this should not be 
the um, typical experience. If you're getting a loan, you should feel like you really know your loan officer by the end of the process because you should be hearing from them or someone on their team that much at each step of the process. I yeah, know. I mean, it's, we're, we're talking thousands of dollars. So that's what kind of baffles me about my uh, situation, what kind of baffled me that we had our house built. And so we had a, a contractor loan, but like, this was our life savings that we were putting yeah. into. And it was almost nonchalant. Like it was like, oh yeah, you're, oh, you're building a house. Yeah. Dime a dozen. Right. Like, you know, Josh said, it was just kind of like, you're just a number. Yeah. Just a number. And I was like, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm not a dumb person by any means, but I'm stupid when it comes to this stuff. I don't even know the questions to ask. Right. So I know that I've gone, I've contacted um, Alexa before asking her like, Hey, what does this mean? And she's so good at, at explaining. And the other thing I, I am just kind of really in awe about is it's not um, like your job changes all the time. Like the rates are changing all the time. The rules are changing all the time. So that must be, kind of hard to keep up with that too. Yes. So it's funny recently here, I've had to look at myself as kind of like an extension of, of wall street. And I'll dive into that, you know, in more detail later, but yes, part of that's another part of my, what I consider to be in my job description is keeping up with economic trends, keeping up with what the markets are doing, because all of that is um, kind of enmeshed in the mortgage space. And so I have to be like, constantly in the know of what's happening so that I can explain to people how it's going to affect their mortgage or how it's going to affect the guidelines. COVID was, was, whew, man, that really took everyone for a ride in so many different ways. And that did not exclude the mortgage industry overnight. Our minimum credit score requirements changed on every loan program. You know, all of a sudden half of the lenders that I work with, um, you know, stopped taking certain loan files that the day before they were taking. And, and that's, I guess, to kind of segue, that's another really, uh, probably differentiating fact about me is I'm a broker. So by definition, I don't work with just one bank or just one lender. I work with over 10 different lenders nationwide. So if something mm. changes big that, that affects the industry as a whole, you know, it's, it's affecting the 10 different lenders on an individual basis that I work with. So it's, I'm having to really uh, place a greater focus on relationships, right? You know, my relationships with those lenders, because if I am going to match my clients with the lender that is best for them, I really need to know them and understand them on more than just a surface level. It is all yeah. about relationships. It's crazy. I want to ask, uh, based on, you know, I just piggyback off of what Erica said a minute, moment ago, and that is uh, for folks that either they've never bought a house or they've never had a good experience, what are some of those questions that you think people should you know, ha either have answers for or be asking because... I, I actually had the same experience. I had uh, the realtor tell me at one point, well, you know, you haven't locked in your, your interest rate. And I'm like, well, no one told me I needed to lock in my interest <laughs> yeah, rate. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty um, 
fundamental. That would definitely be one of the first questions that you should ask your loan officer after, you, of course, you have submitted an initial application, right? That's kind of step one, like get your application in, whether you're trying to purchase or refinance. And then once your officer, loan officer has uh, received that application, one of the first things they should be going over with you is what programs you qualify for and which, uh, furthermore, which loan programs are going to best meet your needs. And they really cannot determine that until they get to know you and your financial situation. So, you know, they should definitely be asking you, what does your financial profile look like? If, if it's a purchase, how much money could you put down, if anything? If you don't have any money to put down, that tells me, okay, we need to go with like some type of no down payment program or a grant fund program. If you do have money to put down, that still leaves you with several options. So you should be asking, okay, what, what loan programs do I qualify for? What are my options? And then furthermore, what makes this option the best one for me? And that should be a very, very specific and clear response from your loan officer to that question. Um, another question is, am I locked in? Once you are actually under contract on a property or you've been quoted an interest rate, your loan officer should never lock you in without telling you that they are going to lock in your interest rate. And um, to that effect, you know, I say always trust your loan officer. They're the ones following the markets. Rates fluctuate and change on a daily basis. So if your loan officer is telling you we need to lock this rate in nine times out of 10, you need to lock the rate in. And it's because they, they are um, spying a market shift on the horizon and they want to lock you in before right. rates change for the worse. Um, yeah, for anyone listening, sorry no, to interrupt no. you, but what actually happened to me was our payment changed by a hundred dollars. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, "Well, I don't even know what locking it in," you know, what, what's the big deal? Blah blah blah. Our payment went up a hundred dollars a month just because we had not locked it in. Correct. And mm. so you know, and as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, but at least with some companies, even if you've locked it in, if rates drop, you sometimes can still go down, but you just can't go up. Correct. It protects, it protects your, your, your rate from increasing. So let's say, for example, I quote you 3%, you know, on a 30 day rate lock. That means that no matter what the market does, your rate of 3% is protected for at least 30 days. And then beyond that, you know, we can extend the interest rate lock for a small fee, but uh, I, you know, it, it really does fluctuate. So if I tell you, I'm quoting you at 3% today at no cost, right? No cost, meaning no discount points. You don't have to pay anything extra for that interest rate. If something happens with the prices of mortgage bonds or whatever happens in the economy, the very next day, that same interest rate of 3% might now cost you $2,000 in discount points if you chose to play the market and gamble and not lock in your interest rate. So my, mm -hmm. my kind of phrase that I throw around a lot is if you like it, lock it. You know, if, if the rate looks good, if the oh, payment good. looks good, then lock <laughs> it in. It's that this is definitely not a time in the, in the mortgage space to gamble or um, play your chances. Yeah. I was just going to say my, uh, my sister-in-law is um, she's currently in training, but she's working for Truist and she's doing loans for, for Truist bank, which is like BB and T. But anyway, um, she was, she's kind of been telling me this kind of just happened with the refinances. Like, the refinances have gone, the interest rate has gone up. Um, 
And so like everybody's trying to refinance. I don't really understand all of it, but I'm sure you do. But that's just one of the things she had, like a couple clients that were, you know, at this, this rate and they didn't lock it in. And then the very next day it went, yes, it that went is, up. I am seeing that a lot in the industry. So it's important to understand that historically speaking, we're still in a phenomenal interest rate environment. You know, one, one tick up. Um, in rates is definitely not the sky is falling and it's the end of the world. It's still a phenomenal time to, to refinance or to uh, purchase real estate just with how low rates are overall. That's crazy. Well, I want to go back to, uh, well, COVID really. I, how has COVID affected? Um, I mean, I know it's affected the market, but like, how has it affected your business? Are, are you, do you, do you feel like you've gone on a, di- um, an incline or a decline with, uh, so with your business? So we definitely had to make some big changes, you know, everybody had to pivot with COVID. And I am very, very blessed in the, um, in the sense that COVID obviously put a lot of pressure on the Fed to lower rates across the board. Now, the Fed does not determine interest rates for the mortgage market, but um, specifically the Fed purchasing mortgage bonds at the volume at which they were purchasing mortgage bonds, that absolutely has an effect on interest rates. And it did drive interest rates down for really just about an entire year to help out consumers who were just furloughed from their job or just just laid off or their hours got cut. You know, when things like this happen as a society, making that mortgage payment all of a sudden becomes very difficult. So yes, we saw people refinance in droves. I mean, it was probably the biggest refinance boom we've ever seen in, in American history. So I was incredibly busy, wow. but I was also in the same boat with all these other parents that were now get, you know, schooling their kids from home virtually. I was working. Yeah. How did you do with, that, girl? With a lot of wine <laughs> and a lot of Jesus. <laughs> Let me just be honest. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was wine and Jesus that got me through that period. And, you know, you, you buckle down, you make it happen. Um, it was kind of reminiscent of my days as a single mom in a totally different way because I had my husband who also works from home helping out and that, that he was just my rock and my support system in a time where I was working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, but it was all just, you know, I was like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm busy, but this cannot take away from the foundation of my business, which is to educate people. So I really tried to keep um, that focus of education through the pandemic and through having to make all of these adjustments with my loan programs and with my buyers and, um, trying to juggle all of the refinancing that was taking place, you know that that was really um, COVID gave me just that much more opportunity to educate my clients on what was happening in the market. I got gotcha. you. So is is that the whole time that you decided? Like, how did the book come come about? Like, were you approached about that, or was that so something that you secretly, wanted? Secretly, it's funny. I was approached about it, but it secretly is something that I've always wanted to do. I I have always told myself, like, at some point in my life, I will write a book, and I didn't even necessarily have specific plans to write a book about the mortgage industry or about the home purchase process. But one of my uh, mentors, he's been a mentor of mine for almost four, about four years now. His name is Nick Carpenter. Um, he's a fantastic guy. He runs a, a very large mastermind group of loan officers and mortgage brokers across the country. And um, he reached out to me specifically and said, hey, I've got this concept and an idea for um, for a book. And I think that you could really run with it. Here's kind of what it looks like. And 
Um, and I just, I, I knew immediately that it was a yes for my business and a yes for me personally. So I really just took full ownership of it and um, just hunkered down and, and made it happen. And the, the heartbeat behind that book again was just like, I guess you could call it mortgages for dummies. You know, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to take this whole right. home purchase <laughs> process thing and we are going to chunk it down from start to finish so that, you know, reading this hundred plus page book by the end of it, my goal was like, you should feel so good about purchasing at home and know exactly what you have to do at each step of the, of the process so that it kind of takes the fear and the stress and the, all of the questions out of it. It's really supposed to be very much of a, um, a functional how-to guide. I love that. I love that. I haven't gotten my copy yet, but I want to get it. So, Amazon. Uh, it's actually, it yeah, if you just type um, Amazon. Okay. Alexa, get me a mortgage into your Amazon search bar, it should pop up. I believe it's, a, it's definitely available paperback, of course, and um, on Kindle. It's available on the Kindle platform. Stay tuned till after these messages, and we will be going behind the scenes with this guest. So we're now to the behind the scenes portion of our show. And this is where we like to go behind the scenes, maybe share something that the average customer wouldn't know. Um, so if you would just uh, share something the average customer would know about your business. Yeah, so I actually <laughs> want to go back to what Eric was saying, you know, with, with interest rates going up. That is like all of the talk in mortgages right now is how we've seen a big jump in interest rates and that they are seemingly climbing every day, which actually has been the case and climbing at a, a good clip too. So there's lots of talk about that, but not a lot of talk about the why and why this is happening. And I think something that a lot of people don't realize is that interest rates going up is actually a very, very good sign. And the reason behind that, mm. um, not to get too technical, but on a fundamental level, when the price of mortgage bonds or mortgage-backed securities goes up, interest rates go down and vice versa. When the price of mortgage bonds goes down, interest rates go up. So what would cause the price of mortgage bonds to drop is typically when investors are spying inflation on the horizon, right? So if they think that the U.S. dollar is about to, to decrease in value or in other words, not go as far as it used to, they might not be willing to pay the same price for that exact same mortgage bond. So all of a sudden, the price of that bond goes on sale because investors are worried about inflation. So again, that's going to drive interest rates up. Well, if you think about it, what, what would cause inflation? Typically, it's your unemployment rates start falling. Your demand for goods and services starts increasing. Your demand for production starts increasing. Um, we're seeing you know, our economy open back up. We're seeing our economy start to really get back into recovery mode. So all indicators are pointing to a, a thriving economy being like right there on the horizon. So I'm telling folks that even with interest rates going up, we're still at 10 year lows, maybe beyond that. You know, people were still buying homes in 1985 when rates were at 16%. They were still buying homes in the 90s when rates yeah. were at 10%. So it's really important to understand the, the big picture is that we are headed towards a, a really phenomenal place, economically speaking. And at the same time, we still are seeing rates in the low threes on 30-year 30, 30 fixed mortgages, which is just truly incredible. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is great news. You have given me a lot <laughs> good, of hope good. <laughs> for the future. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my two cents is, um, you know, from behind the scenes perspective, we need to look at interest rates going up as a positive thing and overall good news for the economy. All right. Well, before we go, how um, can your clients get in touch with you or our listeners? How can, how can so they the get in touch with you? The best way would be obviously go pick up a, a copy of my book because my contact information is quite literally at the header and footer of every single page in the book. So you'll have my contact information and hopefully also learn a little something about the home purchase process. But aside from that, um, Facebook. Facebook is really my primary platform. I, I love to engage with people. I love to meet new people. And uh, that's, that's a great way to just get directly into well that's it guys thank you for listening to behind the scenes and toddler want to share something with us or be a guest on the show send us an email at tidewaterpodcast at gmail.com like share and subscribe our podcast to help us grow and listen for more deals discounts and wisdom from the best businesses in the tidewater area